0: Coming up today on NSN Daily from Legends Bay Casino, which Mountain West School won the conference this season. A look at who brought home the most hardware. Plus, we're soaring high in the sky to kick off a brand new season of exploring our backyard. We take you hot air ballooning over the Carson Valley. And the NBA Finals are almost underway between the Nuggets and the Heat. A look at some prop bets heading into the series. That and much more coming up right now on NSN Daily. to NSN Daily at the Circus Sportsbook at Legends Bay Casino. He is Chris Murray. I'm Shannon Kelly. Chris, happy Wednesday. It's pretty busy in here today on this yes. Wednesday afternoon.
1: Obviously a lot for the senses to take in. We obviously <laughs> have some beautiful colors, some sound as well. It's always great to come out here and do our show once a month, and I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today.
0: There's a lot to talk about today, a lot of prop bets as the NBA Finals almost underway, the Stanley Cup Finals kick off this weekend as well and with the college sports seasons almost officially in the books track and field still has one more big race but we take a look at the mountain west and who was the king of the crop this year
1: yeah we are going to look at who won the most championships in the mountain west this season one school got six one school got zero and uh, wolfpack fans probably not thrilled to know what school ended up with the donut
0: Sadly enough, that was Nevada this year. The first time since 2013, 2014, officially 2019 and 20 were shortened due to those COVID seasons. So the first true year that Nevada hasn't had a Mountain West championship in a decade, which is tough considering the success that the Wolfpack has had in past seasons.
1: Yeah, it's basically a look at what Stephanie Rempton, new athletic director, is inheriting. Obviously, you want to step into a situation where everything is ready-made and you know you're going to have uh, you know the ability to compete for championships. We <laughs> right out of the gate. That is not the case here at Nevada. Like you said, the first time for a full season, they haven't won a Mountain West championship since 2013-14. They didn't win any in their first two years in the league. They've usually won one or two since then. They won two the year prior. Men's tennis won both the regular season and the tournament. And I think even more problematic, you look at the 16 sports Nevada has in the Mountain West, only one of them even finished in the top three of the conference, that being men's tennis, which finished second in the Mountain West this year. So shows how far this department needs to go if they want to get to that championship-caliber athletic department that Brian Sandoval has talked about since being hired as uh, the UNR president in September 2020. It's why he made a change at the AD position. We'll see if Nevada can get some more traction moving forward, but certainly some struggles in football where they didn't win a league game, some struggles in baseball where they finished – last in the Mountain West, but some positive teams as well. You look at men's basketball getting back to the NCAA tournament, finished fourth in the conference. Softball took a nice step forward. Women's golf had one of its best seasons ever. So some highlights throughout the athletic department, but overall, we're not able to lift a trophy this last year.
0: Take a look at some of the other Mountain West schools here in just a little bit. But speaking of football, the national TV schedule was released here on Wednesday. The Wolfpack lands six of their 12 games on national television. We already know five of the kickoff times. Wolfpack fans could be excited about that. Not every game this season is going to be one of those late 7:30 kickoffs, but a little bit different than last season, where eight of the 12 games were on national television. After the two-win season, now six of the 12 games are on national TV. Yeah, I think year. the
1: question is, how valuable is your property? And obviously, Nevada football coming off a difficult season, maybe not quietly, uh, quite, quite highly selected when you look at CBS and Fox. Picking their games, as you mentioned, six of those did make it to the national broadcast schedule. They opened the season at USC. That's on the Pac-12 networks. can be a tricky channel to find, but we'll call that a national broadcast. Uh, And then they get to host Kansas at home. That will be on CBS Sports Network. I think that's their most marquee non-conference home game, the first time a power conference school has come to Mackey Stadium since 2019 when Nevada beat Purdue, and then a couple of conference games on Fox uh, Networks. To be determined what channel, and then a couple of games also on CBS uh, Sports Network when they get into the Mountain West schedule. So, a little bit of a surprise UNLV, not one of those games picked for the second straight year. So, while a big rivalry. In the state of Nevada, maybe not the biggest rivalry when you look at the national TV schedules and them picking their games.
0: That was probably the most surprising one to me to not see the Nevada-UNLV rivalry on the national TV schedule for the second year in a row. That game is October 14th at Mackey Stadium, part of the sesquicentennial celebration. Hopefully oh, there I there said that one right.
1: And doesn't mean yeah. it won't be on TV, though. So basically, if that you have true. a home game, it reverts back to the school. So Nevada now has the rights to their home games that were not selected. So that'd be Idaho, that'd be UNLV, and that would be Hawaii. And they could obviously broker agreements with other stations to broadcast those games. Hint, hint, maybe NSN. I'm sure we <laughs> would love to be able to broadcast a couple of those games. Certainly the UNLV game is a huge tilt, and we did have those on our airwaves last year. So this is just the first wave. The other ones will trickle through. But like you said, a couple of day games. Unfortunately, the two announced day games, both on the road. Uh, the mm-hmm. USC season opener at 3.30 at the Coliseum. So maybe go out to that game and be able to get a flight back home uh, right when it's over. And then the game at Colorado State, the big matchup against Jane Orville, that will be a noon kickoff Pacific time, 1 p.m. Mountain time. So we'll see the rest of those as they trickle out. But like you said, five uh, kickoff times officially set, two of them during the day, and then three of those at home 6 o'clock or later.
0: Right. And we mentioned the games, uh, New Mexico and Wyoming, those were the two Mountain West home games that were picked up. This year by CBS Sports Network, a 7.30 kickoff against the Lobos on October 28th and against Wyoming, a 6 o'clock kickoff on November 25th to round out the season. But no Friday games or Thursday games as of right now on the schedule.
1: Yeah, those could still be adjusted moving forward. But, again, I think it comes down to who are our marquee teams that we want to put on a weekday where we're going to get a little bit more viewership. At that point, that is not Nevada, but we will see if one of those games – Kicks to a Friday. It's always nice to be able to kind of have a showcase day to yourself. Um, that will probably come a little bit later in the schedule as well. But this was the big reveal. ESPN revealed all of their games for the upcoming season as well. So uh, always, a, you know, a day where people circled their calendars. Now they'll have a little bit more insight into where these games will be shown and what time they will be kicking off. And, uh, you know, your your look at Nevada thus far, I think six of the 12 is kind of what I would have expected. Like you said, though, kind of the big surprise that UNLV Nevada doesn't get uh, a nod, but we'll we'll see where that one ends up.
0: The few other road games at Texas State, at Utah State, at Colorado State, those games not picked up by the marquee networks either, but we'll see if, as you mentioned, other broadcasts may be able to pick those up uh, in those markets as well because it would certainly be a shame if there were two mountain west games that were not televised and maybe just streamed by the mountain west yeah so
1: again those rights revert back to those individual schools they could partner with anybody whether it's a local broadcasting company or maybe a regional one to see if they can put it on the airwaves i think the plus of not necessarily having your games picked up by national tv you do get to select your kickoff times whereas if it's a cbs or a fox they'll tell you when you're playing. So you look at this Nevada UNLV game in particular, Very good chance that game is played during the afternoon, which a lot of people, uh, you know, locally, they want to have afternoon games where the weather's a little bit better. So Mm -hmm. that is kind of the silver lining when your game's not picked up by national television. Whoever the coach is or the AD will get to be able to pick, okay, well, we want to play at one because that's when our fans want us to play. So that will all roll out in the weeks to come. But uh, maybe that's the good news is Nevada does get to have potentially a couple of day games at home as they figure out what they're going to do with those ones not picked up with the national TV schedule.
0: Give the people what they want, right, Chris? That's what everybody's asking (laughs) for. for his day games they've said for years why are there not more day games at Mackey Stadium but maybe we could see a few more and then you go year. back
1: to last year and they got to pick their kickoff times for Texas State Incarnate Word unfortunately though those ended up being super super hot uh, one of those games mm-hmm. is 95 degrees at kickoff so you try your best to try and pick the ideal time slot for your fans to come out there but certainly getting more people in the Mackey Stadium a huge goal for Stephanie ramp she was on our show last week she said there are only a hundred season tickets below last year's number with almost 100 days to go before they start the season. So they're having some success in terms of selling those season tickets. But you can only do so much if the team and the product on the field is not great. So that's Ken Wilson's job is to put a compelling product out there. Certainly not the easiest opener going to USC, but I mm-hmm. think if they can go there and be competitive, maybe that does ramp up the, the hype and the um, you know, excitement for this season. I think they're roughly a 38-point underdog, so pretty big there. But we'll see if they can uh, you know, rally back and, and maybe make that a game and, and get people excited about Nevada football entry in 2023.
0: Hopefully so. That'll be here before we know it, Chris. But as we put a bow on this season, taking a look at the Mountain West schools that are – won the conference more or less this year. San Diego State, the cream of the crop once again this year with six titles. And then New Mexico, San Jose State, UNLV were all tied for second with four. And this came as a little bit of a surprise to me with New Mexico. All four of their programs that won titles were all from Olympic sports.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's a big deal. I know people focus on men's basketball and football, and they think that's what an athletic department is. It isn't what an athletic department is. There are 29 championships won by Mountain West schools this last year in Mountain West-sponsored sports. So to be able to go out and win six, like San Diego State shows you that you are a complete athletic department. You are that championship-level athletic department. Their second straight year, they have won the most championships in the Mountain West, certainly getting to the national title game in men's basketball was huge. You look at softball, they were one win short of making it to the Women's College World Series. That would have been huge as well. They won a regular season share of a championship. Um, in baseball. They won the swim and dive on the women's side again. They've had an outstanding program there for a long time, led by former Nevada head coach Mike Schrader. So they are the cream of the crop when it comes to the Mountain West. That used to maybe be Boise State, but if you're talking about flagship athletic department, San Diego State, since the current membership formed in 2013, 42 overall Mountain West titles. That's more than second place New Mexico with 37. To put it in comparison, Nevada has 10 during that time period. So San Diego State... There's been a lot of talk. Will they get the invite to the Pac-12? It's not only because they're marquee sports. They're good across the board, and the six championships this year show that.
0: Do you think if San Diego State has another six championship-caliber season that they will get that invite to the Pac-12?
1: I think if they get back to the men's basketball national title game, I think they'll get that call. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. You look at USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. You have to refill that Southern California slot. It would make a ton of sense, but up to this point, the Pac-12 is just trying to figure out what they're doing. They're trying to put their TV contract together. The only way you're going to get into the, one of those power conferences, you got to win at a high level across your athletic department. I mean, that is every team's goal in the Mountain West. Nevada would love to be in a power conference. They'd love to get a Pac-12 or a Big Ten or a Big 12 invitation. The only way you do that is by consistently winning championships, and that's what San Diego State has done. That's why they are the team that's talked about most potentially making that jump.
0: As you see, Air Force, they have three conference titles this year Boise State Colorado State Wyoming all tied with two Utah State Fresno State with one and Nevada rounding out the bottom so not necessarily a great year for the pack as we mentioned earlier but another surprise too is when you look at Boise State and you think about you know, there's been talk, could Boise State maybe get an invite to a Power 5 conference? Well, you look at a year like this, they only won two conference titles this and year. And they have
1: struggled a little bit, to be honest, the last couple of years. Still, so you look at the overall glimpse since they went to that current membership the last 10 seasons. 28 over, overall championships. That's fourth in the Mountain West. Uh, Colorado State won ahead of them with 29. UNLV has 27. So these are teams that are used to winning three, four, or five championships per year. Nevada's not quite got to that level yet. The most they've ever won in a year is just two. So that, that is the big goal. Can You can completely transform your athletic department to where it is a championship-caliber athletic department. Fresno State with only one, but it was football. That one maybe counts for That's a little bit more. Maybe
0: a little bit more. Um, yeah. But, yeah,
1: it was, it was interesting going through those, and I'm actually going to put a rubric together to kind of look beyond just the championships, maybe assign mm-hmm. points for top three or four finishes in the regular season to see which teams consistently were at least at the top in their sports in the Mountain West. That will be on our website later this week. But I always give a look. At the championships, one kind of the king of the conference who climbed the mountain the highest, San Diego State this season.
0: They did. And Fresno State, Jay Kaner, holding them on their back this year in the Mountain West title. He's obviously moved on to the Saints, so we'll see if their football program is going to be top-notch again next year. I'm sure it will be, though. We shall see. Yes. We shall. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, exploring our backyard is back. We take you hot air ballooning over the Carson Valley right after this. This segment is sponsored by LT Automotive. Before you hit the road to the outdoors this summer with your family, you can get all of your RV and car needs
2: taken care of at LT Automotive. Come on in and see us, we'll take pride in your ride.
0: season of exploring our backyard. We're kicking things off in the gorgeous Carson Valley in this hot air balloon. It was an early wake-up call to check off a bucket list item and we're doing it at the inaugural Hot Air for Hope Festival, all to support a good cause.
2: We've always wanted to kind of maybe put together a balloon festival and then Amanda Johnson uh, approached us. She's the uh, coordinator for the event and she works at the Center for Hope and Healing as as a nonprofit volunteer for them. We have about 25 of us that are active balloon pilots up here in the Northern Nevada area. And so we pretty much got ourselves all together and organized an event and It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. I've been flying balloons for about 21 years now. Done this over 3,900 times and I still love it. It's like the first time I I fly every time I fly. Every day is a different day. I love uh, taking people out for their very first experience in a hot air balloon. Um, Every balloon ride is completely different. We don't know where we're gonna go, where we're gonna land, but I love meeting people and making their day. Carson Valley has these mountains that are just incredible. They're the pointy mountains with the snow caps on them. There's this beautiful farmland that's below it. The green, all the uh, patchwork of all the fields and everything. And the people in the Carson Valley are absolutely just wonderful people too. I
0: don't know what I feel like right now, but I don't even feel like I'm in the air.
2: (laughs) You know that I'm scared of heights? Everybody thinks it's gonna be like a roller coaster ride or something scary like that. And almost everyone is scared before they get in the balloon, but when they get in the balloon, they absolutely love it. And then when they land, they always say, I wanna do that again. Three, two, one. There we are, you guys. Let me stay in the basket, everybody. Don't even make get out.
0: So, my first time in a hot air
2: balloon was a success. I
0: can't even describe what that felt like. Truly a breathtaking experience up in the sky. Go check it out with Sheldon over at Lake Tahoe Balloons and you won't be disappointed. We'll see you next time on Exploring Our Backyard. The previous segment is sponsored by... Okay. Oh. Back here inside Legends Bay. Chris, I, I, as I said in the story there, I really don't know how to explain what it felt like going in a hot air balloon and I know you haven't been in a been. hot air balloon before, Long but wanted. it's... It's kind of, it's weird. I I don't know really how to explain it because it's unlike anything else that I've ever experienced. Yeah, it
1: was actually funny. I was watching some of the clips as it was being edited together. I'm like, oh, I didn't know they brought the drone out there because it looked like a drone shot. They're like, no, that's just a shot from in the hot air balloon. So (laughs) you're basically just kind of, you know, elevated and floating. I guess it would be a little bit interesting not to have like complete control over where you're going because the wind kind of takes you. But um, yeah, it seems like it was a really cool experience It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I know you put in, a lot of work the last couple of years trying to get into a hot air balloon. So I'm sure you were thrilled when the weather cooperated. It wasn't too windy and you guys were able to launch and and get a great view of one of the most beautiful places in Nevada.
0: I was, I was really excited. It was just crazy because you think about when, you know, you're off the ground there, what's that going to be like? And as we were standing there kind of waiting, we're at Lampy Park in Gardnerville, I know you're very familiar (laughs) with the area, and I'm getting a little nervous, because I'm like, what is this going to be like? I'm in this balloon, they're like lighting it up. What's this gonna be like? It's small, there was about 12 other people in the hot air balloon with us. We were out there for the Hot Air for Hope festival and it was just a great morning really with a lot of others who had never experienced being in a hot air balloon before either
1: and it's just cool that that event has come into town obviously we have the september hot air balloon thing out in the rancho san rafael that's always a must visit for my family but to have another one a little bit earlier in the schedule more toward the End of spring, I think, is just great, and that's like you said, a, a beautiful place to do it. Obviously, Lampy Park. I grew up playing baseball games there. I know my dad came out and met you beforehand, so he got up early. He wanted to say hi. So, hopefully, that event continues to grow and continues to get community support because um, you know it's just a, a really beautiful spot for people who haven't gone down to the Carson Valley and to be able to get that view from up above and all the farmland that used to be all farmland. Um, you know, it just had to be really cool to be able to experience, you know, our area and our backyard in a different way with a different view.
0: Our pilot, Sheldon Grauberger, he was great. He was phenomenal. He's flown so many hot air balloons before he said he's been to the uh, Albuquerque Fiesta. He's been to Taiwan. He's been to Canada. He's been all over the world, Mexico, really, to fly balloons. And he said, you know, it's so special being In northern nevada the scenery is really unlike anything else as we've seen before and you know to be able to do this in such a a way for this festival and that it means so much to these people to give back uh, to the center for hope and healing and and just really great to see everything kind of coming full circle and it's cool because as you mentioned the reno uh reno balloon race this festival was part of a three-part series it started in Lovelock, then made its way over to gardnerville and then wraps up in
1: the fall in Reno. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's a great place to go up above the air and just see it. I mean, when I go drive up Kingsbury a lot of times, I'll actually like park over at the scenic area and just kind of take a view of it because Mm -hmm. the valley is such a gorgeous area, such a beautiful view. So, um, you know, really cool that you were able to get up there and that's the first of dozen plus features we're going to have exploring Mm -hmm. our backyard. Next week will be uh, whitewater rafting, not us in particular, we (laughs) didn't make that trip, but, it's exciting to see what we're gonna be able to do and what we're gonna be able to come up with in terms of outdoor recreation, um, you know, as we you know, build on this thing, which has been going on for more than a decade. So do you wanna go in a hot air balloon? Oh yeah, I would definitely hop, hop in a hot air balloon. So we tried to do it in the Napa Valley. We had to get up super early back to back nights. Uh, you know, we had to be at the hotel at like 5 a.m. cause the plan was to launch because you gotta go early in the morning. Yep. It was too windy. So my wife and I weren't able to do it either time. So those are our two tries at it, but Before all is said and done, hopefully I'm able to get up in a hot air balloon.
0: I hope you are. I think anybody (laughs) that even thinks maybe I should, you should, because I'm scared of heights, and I was not nervous at all. Sheldon said afterwards, he said, you know, I'm scared of heights, and I want people to be able to go out there and say, hey, I want to do this again. I want to come back and, yeah. you know, hopefully people will buy a balloon of their own. He said, that's <laughs> his goal. And afterwards I was like, wow, if I had the money and the time, I would love to buy that's a balloon of my own. That's an interesting
1: profession to have if you're scared mm-hmm. of heights. I wonder I, how, he, the, the first trip, I wonder how that one went. But I'm sure, you know, the more you do it, obviously he's a veteran at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he still gets that feeling of butterflies are on his stomach of what he gets to view but I'm sure you know uh, like you said an expert in the field and Mm -hmm. he probably felt very comfortable under his stewardship
0: he got invited to uh, crew for free when he wanted to learn so who taught him brought him on for free he was able to go learn and uh, it's taken him around the world so very cool and, and unique profession no doubt coming up next here on NSN Daily time for weekly wagers the NBA finals edition we'll have that right after this break Back here on NSN Daily inside of the Legends Bay Casino, the NBA Finals almost underway between the Heat and the Nuggets, but talking about the Heat and Caleb Martin, what a performance from him in the Eastern Conference Finals. And in Game Six, really, there in the fourth quarter, we saw him firing off a couple shots. Chris, just you couldn't have scripted it any better for Caleb Martin, a guy who didn't play a year ago in the finals to be able to have such an impact in this series. And while it may not have been statistically, he really made quite the impact for his team.
1: Yeah, I mean, he came up and he played the biggest in the biggest moments of the season with his team season on the line. I mean, this is a guy who obviously has a very interesting backstory in terms of how he got to this point in the NBA, was cut just a couple of years ago by Charlotte and then working his way up through Miami, not getting a lot of play playoff time last year being pressed into action this year because of some injuries, and you never know how someone's going to react in a Game 7 on the road. I mean, you even saw Jimmy Butler looking tentative at points, and he's probably one of the biggest dogs in the NBA in terms of believing in himself and going out there and making stuff happen. So, uh, you know, I kind of think from a reporter's standpoint, what questions would I be asking Caleb after that performance? It's just, what is it about your situation or scenario that made you as comfortable as you were in that game? Because he was the best player on the court, in Game 6, in Game 7, and he went out there, and he's the guy who led Miami to the NBA Finals. Would you have thought that of somebody undrafted four years ago, somebody cut by Charlotte two years ago, even last year when he was struggling to get into the rotation in the playoffs? Absolutely not. But you got to believe in yourself. He certainly did that. And now to be playing in the NBA Finals is going to be a special, special experience. The Miami Heat, major underdogs, they're going to need Caleb to play just as well as he did in the Eastern Conference Finals. In these NBA Finals, if they're going to have a shot at knocking off the Nuggets because the Nuggets have been spectacular in the postseason.
0: Miami's been an underdog 14 of their 18 games in the playoffs so far this year. Caleb Martin showing he's been an underdog his whole life, Chris, and he's been prepared for these moments. And now in the biggest stage in basketball, he's able to do it. I'm sure his brother will be there, their mom, a whole family I can imagine will be there. For the
1: trip. Yeah, Eric Musselman made a playoff game in Miami uh, during the last series. We'll see if he makes his way out there to support the Martins, but certainly they have all of Northern Nevada's huge support. I mean, they really blossomed here with the Wolfpack. They lifted Nevada to unprecedented heights. Obviously, the Sweet 16, their first active year. The second year maybe didn't end perfectly, but they ranked as high as number five, in the nation, in large part because of those twins and how special the players they are. So um, just really cool to see not only a Wolfpack player get to this spot in the NBA Finals, but be one of the driving forces before that obviously JaVale McGee won three NBA titles he's won an Olympic gold medal but he wasn't the guy playing a ton of minutes doesn't take anything away from mm-hmm. the accomplishment but Caleb Martin is going to dictate whether the Miami Heat can make this a series and win the NBA championship or whether they're not able to do that against a team that's highly favored over them he has to be One of the top two or three players on Miami if they're going to knock off Nikola Jokic and uh, the Denver Nuggets. So we'll see if he can summon that out of himself once more in these finals. But there's no reason to doubt he can do that because he's getting better series after series.
0: He will be the X factor in this series, no doubt. And while his stats may not have necessarily shown, I still think he should have been named the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. I know Jimmy Butler's stats were a little bit better, but I still think he, he earned it. In my book. I think
1: it depends on how you vote, because he was their best player in Game 6 and Game 7. He was their best player when the games that mattered were being played and won by the Miami Heat. So uh, Jimmy Butler is phenomenal as well, and that's the cool thing about Miami. You look at their pieces, nobody would say this is an NBA championship team. This is a team that finished dead last in the NBA in scoring this season. They lost their first play-in game. They were three minutes away from losing their second playoff game and not even making it into the playoffs before Max Shrew stepped up and hit a ton of threes late in that game. Then they knock off the Milwaukee Bucks. They knock off the Boston Celtics. In between that, the New York Knicks. So they've gone through some really, really good teams. They've not faced a team like the Denver Nuggets, though. Denver's offense is phenomenal, and that will be the big question mark. Can Miami slow down Nikola Jokic? You look at Jokic's career, 10-2 and all-time against the Heat. Bam Adebayo is a very good defensive post player, but doesn't have tremendous size. So everyone's kind of predicting Nikola Jokic will be the star of this show. And I'm looking up at the board right here. Nuggets to win in five is actually the betting favorite right now. So even the experts don't think this is going to be a long series. But the experts have been wrong on Miami a lot this season. As you mentioned, they've been an underdog and all before those playoff games, and they tend to win all of them.
0: (laughs) And the Heat series against Boston was certainly much different than what we saw last year. They started 3-0, forced a game 7. Can they stop Jokic? He's certainly the finals scoring leader here. When you take a look at our our prop bets here between him, Jimmy Butler, and Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, uh, plus 110, plus plus. 170 odds for Butler, plus 260 odds for Murray.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Jokic on that one. I don't want to get too fancy. I just feel like this guy is going to dominate. I think he's going to average right around 30 points. Probably will average close to a triple-double. So if I'm betting this one, I'm taking Nikola Jokic to lead all players in scoring. I think the only way he doesn't is if he gets injured, and nobody's certainly hoping for that. Jimmy Butler's had some really strong offensive performances, but I'd say earlier in the playoffs he seems to be wearing down a little because so much is being asked of him. So I like Jokic to win that bet.
0: The NBA Finals, threes made leader. You got Jamal Murray, minus 175. Gabe Vincent, plus 1,200. Caleb Martin, plus 1,300. I'm going Caleb i got to go one. Caleb on I'm, this one. Why not? I'll take
1: the dark horse. Now, it is very curious. Tyler Hero is probably the best three-point shooter on the Miami Heat. Could be coming back for this series. This is a guy who broke his uh, hand during the first playoff game, has recently been cleared uh, for basketball um, activities. So we might see him back, which could pinch Caleb's minutes a little bit, but I don't think Caleb's going to be taken out of the lineup all that much. He's shooting better than 45% from three during the playoffs, so I'm going to go with Caleb on this one.
0: I got to go with Caleb. Any of the bets, I'm going to go Caleb just because (laughs) why not? You know what? He's shown people... What he can do, yeah. and he can be that X factor. Our last uh, prop bet here: Nikola Jokic to record 65 points, rebounds, and assists—65 total yep. points, not each. That would be <laughs> <laughs> uh, in any NBA Finals game. Uh, he's the favorite there. Do you think he could do it? Yeah, minus 125,
1: so that's pretty even odds. I think he'll have a game where he's 65-plus in all of them. This is a guy who had a 50-point triple-double earlier in the playoffs. Like It is ridiculous what he's doing, and that's why I think Denver wins this series. You can't really stop him because mm-hmm. of how he plays the game. And to me, he's one of the most enjoyable NBA players to watch because he does move the ball. He is a team player. He is a great passer, probably the best ever among big men. He can hit threes. He can dominate you in the post. He's very crafty as well. He rebounds at a super high rate. So I think he goes over that 65 in at least one of the games.
0: Jimmy Butler, he had two triple doubles in the 2020 finals, so maybe he can have a couple more. But 65, what if what if Jokic, what if he had 65 points? Nah, that's a lot, That would be but a lot. like
1: I said, you had a 50-point playoff yeah. game already, so I guess you can't count it out completely. But, you know, if you're Denver, you make other people beat you, and that's the thing is Jamal Murray went out and beat the Lakers. That's why they swept the Lakers. He was phenomenal in that series. If Jamal Murray plays up to his potential, this is going to be a four- or five-game series.
0: So the Nuggets a nine-point favorite for game one. They are the favorites to win this series, as we said, in five games. But my biggest thing is – are the Nuggets rusty? They beat the Lakers cool. last Monday. I mean, that's 10 days in between games. I would think they're the favorites. The pressure is really on them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see how they come out of it. They do have the home court advantage, which for Denver is very big because of the altitude they play at. You see teams start the wilt in the fourth quarter, given how hard Miami plays and the series they're coming off of. I am curious how they show up in game one, but it is kind of yeah, rest versus rust. I certainly would rather be Denver having that rest but I do think in the first half you might see them be a little bit rusty because that is a long time not to play a, a, an NBA game.
0: Ten game, yeah, ten I days. Mean, that's uh, the
1: longest they've gone in seven, eight months since they played a game. So we'll see how they pop back.
0: So game one Thursday at five thirty in the evening. Nuggets of five point favorites for, excuse me, nine point favorite for game one. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, a little fun expansion draft game <laughs> we have for you. Getting creative here on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll have that. Right after the break back here on nsn daily getting a little bit creative here on this wednesday chris and i taking a look at our expansion teams if teams were to head to a new city where would they go
1: yeah this is a fun little project our producer jared brosnan put in so we're just basically gonna look at markets across the country in all of the professional sports. And if you could pick one of those cities to get an MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA team, who would you select? So I will give you the first pick. Who is getting an expansion team from Shannon Kelly?
0: From Shannon Kelly, we are going to go with Las Vegas getting an NBA team, Ah. which has been talked about quite a bit, but maybe the Las Vegas Gold? Maybe
1: or well you're even putting names out there. I'm not picking names. I know that's
0: the only one I thought of. i d I I don't know. You'd have to find think of something creative. They have Las Vegas Aces, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh maybe the Gold. I don't know.
1: So that actually was number one on my list. So that's a good draft pick. You took my number one. (laughs) I'm saying in the NBA, I'm going Seattle to get an NBA team. I miss the Seattle Supersonics. So I believe that Seattle deserves an NBA team. I think it will get one in the next five or six years. So that is where I'm placing my first team.
0: Okay. My second pick, uh, this one might throw you off a little bit, but for an NFL expansion team, I'm going to go with Toronto. Okay. Why not bring NFL to Toronto? Obviously, there's the CFL in Canada, but they already have the Blue Jays, Toronto FC, the Raptors, the Maple Leafs. Why not bring an NFL team? to canada
1: yeah i mean that's actually something i was looking on my list i'm like where can we go overseas to put an nfl team obviously they've played a lot of overseas games but they don't have any teams not in the united states in the nfl among those 32 teams so i like that pick
0: who's your next pick
1: uh my number two pick will be mlb in charlotte charlotte obviously has the hornets they have the panthers uh mlb probably will expand in the next couple of years i think they had to get the a stadium situation figured out maybe they're going to vegas and then the Tampa Bay Rays stadium situation figured out. Once that's done, I expect them to expand. You have Austin. You have Nashville. You have a bunch of different markets that want a team. I think Charlotte would be a very nice fit. So I'm going Charlotte with an MLB team.
0: That was my fifth pick. Okay. Yeah, so we guess the same. <laughs> On that one, uh, who's your next pick? Then? Uh,
1: my number three. I'm going NFL in London, so I'm going overseas as well. Okay. That will be very tricky to pull off because of the travel associated with potentially putting a team in London, but is a huge market. The NFL wants to build as much value in their franchise, as much money in their TV rights deals as possible. If they can get the NFL into Europe, which is not a huge sport outside of the United States, I think it would be huge, so I'm going NFL in London.
0: My next team, you mentioned it earlier, is MLB in Nashville. Okay. Already have the Titans, the Predators, and Nashville SC, the soccer club. Why not bring a baseball team? They already have a minor league team there. Why not? Nashville is booming, yes. so I think it would be a great fit to expand and put an MLB team there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that city is definitely getting bigger and bigger. Uh, you have the Nashville sound, as you mentioned, of the AAA International League, so I like that pick.
0: Let's go with your next one. Uh,
1: I'm going to go MLB, but I'm going back to Montreal. I'm very sad that Montreal, there's no, yeah, the Expos. Almost solely for the logo, I want to be able to wear that Montreal Expos logo because their hat and logo was perfect. They never got the stadium situation figured out, so they lost their franchise. Unfortunately, I think it's time to get a second MLB team in Canada, so I'm going to Montreal.
0: I like that though. Gotta gotta bring back the Montreal hat. Do you have a yes. Montreal hat?
1: Uh I do not have a Montreal oh, hat. Okay.
0: Thought maybe you would. <laughs> I know, you can't cheat on your Dodgers like that. No, I can't. But... <laughs> uh,
1: no old school Montreal hat, but okay. uh, yeah, great logo. Do okay. you have any more?
0: I got one more. Okay. This has kind of been talked about slightly, but how about an M L B expansion team in Salt Lake City?
1: Yes. I actually would like that because I could drive to games there. It's like, what, a six-hour drive?
0: Yeah, about six to seven hours from yeah. here. Not far. Uh, they have the Utah Jazz, yep. and they've been the only professional franchise there for quite some time, so mm-hmm. why not add an MLB and team? The owner
1: of the Jazz is really pushing forward. They're trying to get an MLB expansion team, so they're doing the groundwork. That city is getting bigger. It's not a huge city, so I think that's the biggest concern, but um, I think that would be very cool. So I'm going to give you my last pick. I put MLB team in Reno. Because baseball is my favorite sport, and I just want a team here that I can go watch every single day at the uh, major league level. So, is that ever going to happen? Absolutely not. But if I could put a team anywhere, Mm -hmm. I would pick Major League Baseball. I would put it in Reno, and I would go uh, become a season ticket holder. So that's my pick.
0: I love that. (laughs) I thought about putting Reno on my list for a hockey team, yes, for an NHL team, which I think could be cool, but unfortunately probably never see that in our days (laughs) here. Let's start with the minor league team and work our way up. That's fair. Start with the minor league team. Shout out.
1: Okay, so you started with uh, a team in the NBA in Las Vegas. Obviously the A's seem like they're going to be going. That would leave only one more major franchise, the NBA. How long do you think it is before all of the major franchises have a team in Las Vegas?
0: I think about like from start to finish, like they're actually playing in there. I
1: say about eight years. Eight years. They'll have all four.
0: All all four, I'm saying. Plus the WNBA. Plus the WNBA. I got to go with eight years. By the time everything all said and done, there's been a lot going on with the A's talk right now as to if and when this could happen. Could it be pushed back even further? Uh, So I think with how that's going, I think it might take a little bit longer for an NBA team.
1: Which would be crazy because you go back to 2017, that's when the Golden Knights came to town. That would be basically a 15-year period where you go from not having NFL, NBA, uh, hockey, uh, any of those pro sports, and now you have all of them. So obviously uh, the night showed that it could work. The Raiders have had some success, and now we'll see if the A's follow suit.
0: And we'll see if they do, one day at a time, it seems like, as things continue to develop with the A's and, and their move to Las Vegas. Shout-out to our producer, as Chris said, Jared Brosnan, coming up with uh, this idea, a fun little creative segment for you here on this Wednesday. Coming up next, time for our Poll of the Week results. We'll have that for you. Which high school program was the Northern Nevada's Team of the Year? That's next. This segment sponsored by Bill Pierce Motors. here on nsn daily time for our poll of the week presented by bill pierce motors question this week chris what high school program was the northern nevada team of the year in 2022 to 2023 a very appropriate question as the high school sports seasons have officially wrapped up
1: yeah 25 teams won state titles out of northern nevada so i think we had to pick between those so our selection options were douglas softball north valley softball reed girls wrestling and Truckee football douglas softball uh, got the readers' vote, 51.3 percent, and I also am going with Douglas Softball. They were one of three teams in the large class out of the North to win a state championship, 33 and four overall, 16 and zero in league, six and zero in the playoffs, three and zero in the regional, three and zero in state, and 25 straight wins in the season, tied for the fifth longest streak in NIAA history. So while the other schools. Super impressive. North Valleys went 27-3 and in softball. Mm-hmm. Truckee went 11-1, and they won the only state championship from the north um, in football. And then Reed Girls Wrestling winning in the inaugural state championship there. So all very impressive teams, but i got to go with Douglas.
0: I'm with you. All very impressive teams, and there were even more impressive teams that won some other regional championships in our area again this year. But... I would have to go with Douglas as well, winning their first state title since 1992, winning the division, winning regionals, and then going on to win state there. Uh, they have my vote as well.
1: So. Yeah, I think that's one of the 10 best softball teams we've ever seen out of Northern Nevada. And that's saying a lot, because there have been a lot of great teams. Think about those Brianne McGowan, uh, Wooster teams that won four straight state titles. Courtney Davis's, Galena's teams were great. Spanish Springs and Reed have had some fantastic teams of late. McQueen, you go back to the 1990s, had some fantastic teams. But this team was a juggernaut from start to finish. They should have been nationally ranked at the end of the year. So um, uh, we do have our high school sports show coming up next week. We'll talk a little bit more about Douglas High Softball and certainly all of the other schools in the region.
0: Yeah, Douglas High. The Douglas High Tigers uh, certainly will have some talent back next year. as They didn't have many seniors this year, so they'll be exciting to watch next season as well. And speaking of spring sports, the NIAA held their realignment meeting on Tuesday, Chris, and it was... uh, reported by the Las Vegas Review Journal that spring sports are staying where they're at in the North.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting call because the option was on the table for all of these spring sports to drop down from Northern Nevada to the highest level being 4A rather than 5A. And you look at those spring sports, baseball, a North team has not won a state title since 2004. Boys swimming has not won a state title since 2007. Girls swimming, 2008. Boys golf, 2015. Girls track, 2010. So there's not been a lot of success outside of softball and then mcqueen boys track and field has been very strong but the northern nevada schools have decided to stay at that 5a level in those spring sports that's a lot different than what we saw in the fall and in the winter you look at the fall and football they're splitting the 5a into three separate classifications Uh, northern nevada will not play at the highest of those classifications Um, you've also seen tennis girls soccer girls golf topping out at the 4a level and then you look at boys and girls basketball during the winter season, they also will top out at the 4A level. So you are going to see a number of schools in northern Nevada not be able to compete at the 5A level to be a little bit more competitive when it gets to state tournament time. But certainly the spring sports say, no, we think we can do it, even though we haven't had a ton of success at the state tournament. So they will be sticking at that level for the next two years.
0: So this will run through 2025. A final meeting will be held on June 7th to get everything in order. But it will certainly be interesting as now will have multiple schools playing at multiple different levels per sport uh, so the days of one school being 5a <laughs> one school being 4a 3a those are those are pretty much
1: done and that's I think the unfortunate thing about this if I were in charge I would have said all in Northern Nevada you're going to the 4a at the top level now does that hurt specific sports like maybe a softball which Douglas mm-hmm. has shown that you can compete at 5a level yes but I do think it's a little bit odd to have one school playing in three different classifications maybe you're the 5a here the five 5A3 here, the 4A here, just makes it a little bit confusing, but we will try and help you navigate those waters once we get to the fall season, as this does take place starting this August.
0: It'll be an interesting few years to say the <laughs> least, maybe a little trial and error. We shall find out. We'll wrap up today's show right after this. Wrapping things up here on NSN Daily from inside of the Legends Bay Casino Circus Sportsbook. Chris Murray, Shannon Kelly here with you. The unofficial series finale of Ted Lasso. Wrapping up, Chris, I'm not a Ted Lasso. (laughs) Person per se, but uh, favorite TV series finale to wrap things up here today. Not even sports-related. Mine is Gossip Girl. That's Gossip my favorite. Gossip Girl. Okay. That's my favorite. And Chase Crawford will be at the American Century Championship this year. So well, if I,
1: I run into him, it. I'm going to tell him that your favorite series finale is Gossip Girl. I'm going Seinfeld. I was a big Seinfeld <laughs> guy. I know the season and series finale was not super widely regarded as a great episode, but they brought back a a bunch of really good characters. So that's my favorite ever series finale.
0: What about your favorite athletes goodbye?
1: Yes, so my favorite athletes goodbye, I think I have two to pick from here. So John Elway, winning back-to-back Super Bowls, going out on top as Super Bowl champion. And then as a Lakers fan, I gotta say Kobe Bryant, scoring 60 points in his final NBA game, a very close game against the Utah Jazz, hit some big shots down the stretch to go out with 60. That was personified Kobe.
0: Well, wow, that's a lot. Mine is Derek Jeter, hands down. My favorite player growing up, he was the reason why number two was my favorite number. I played shortstop when I was younger, so Derek Jeter, uh, his goodbye to baseball. Was my favorite as Ted Lasso coming to an end? I know you watched Ted Lasso a little bit.
1: Uh, First two seasons. Haven't seen season three yet.
0: All right. We won't spoil it for you. (laughs) He's Chris. I'm Shannon. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.